0: A Sunday, May 8th edition of the Sports Ethos DFS Today podcast. I'm your host, Harris Kermani, and today we have a bunch of pivotal Game 4s to wrap up your weekend with the Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks, as well as the Miami Heat taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. Both series sitting at 2-1, which makes it all that more interesting, not only from a series perspective, but also from a DFS perspective, as both teams just have everything out there to play for, with both the Mavericks and the Sixers getting back in the series with their respective home wins, and playing once again in front of their respective home courts. But before we do get into that, as always, the DFS Today podcast is sponsored by Thrive Fantasy, which is your preferred destination for all of your daily prop betting. As far as Thrive Fantasy is concerned, with over $7 million in prizes given and more done on the daily, you can go ahead and select a lineup based on your over and under selections on the day to be able to go ahead and win big prizes. And as a listener, you go ahead and use the promo code Ethos, E-T-H-O-S, to have your deposit up to $100 matched 100%. So definitely sign up and prop up today getting right into the games for the day we have the first one with the Phoenix Suns taking on the Dallas Mavericks a game that has a 214 and a half game total the Phoenix Suns favored to win by 2 getting into the Phoenix Suns themselves we're looking at their injury report And as it has been for most of the postseason thus far, they are looking good to go as far as health is concerned. All of their major pieces all out there without any sort of concerns. As far as the Dallas side is concerned as well, very much the same situation. You've got everyone out there. Tim Hardaway continues to remain out, which they probably could use as far as his shooting is concerned, but unfortunately does not happen to be the case. Going on to Phoenix, though, The prices here have really taken a pretty significant dive overall as far as the main pieces are concerned, which does bring a number of them into play. As we've said, two game slates in the past are always just full of that variance because it's just the one bench guy that you need to be able to go ahead and absolutely break a lineup here. We got to see that last game with Jay Crowder dropping 40 DK points for his price and he's taken a little bit of a jump. But as far as the major pieces are concerned, First of all, we got Devin Booker and Chris Paul both sitting at that low 8,000 mark. Booker sitting at 8,400, while Chris Paul is up to 8,100. Now, between those two in general, I like taking Chris Paul, but especially so given that he had one of the worst games of his recent postseason life in that last one. Putting up only 26 DK points with seven turnovers. Six of which came in the first 12 minutes of him playing the game. So definitely not an auspicious birthday as it happened to be for him on that one. And I'd expect that he's looking to turn himself back around and get Phoenix to a position where they can go ahead and close that at home. Because they definitely do not want to extend this series further and further, given that Phoenix really should be the superior team, despite Luka's efforts on the other end. So between those two, definitely looking at Chris Paul, though Devin Booker is absolutely in play. DeAndre Ayton, on the other hand, is a bit of an interesting situation. Since the first game, he hasn't taken anything more than uh, eight eight field goal attempts on average. He got up to 12 in the last one, but it's a far cry from that 20 that we saw in the first game of the series. And, I mean, in many ways, that is... To be expected as Dallas start to go a little bit smaller to be able to go ahead and contest with uh, the guards that the Phoenix Suns have. We're seeing J Crowder get more involved on the offense, but really Deandre Ayton, in a regular situation at 7,300 would be a pretty solid pick, and I'd be pretty happy to go with him. I'm just worried that he's not getting enough usage at this point, and in general is being looked away a lot in this series just because Dallas don't really have that front court size to be able to kind of deal with him. So instead, they're going super, super small to try and just factor him out of the game. And in many ways, that is working. And they're kind of allowing a situation in which he's getting a little less usage. JaVale McGee's coming in a little bit earlier for a couple more of those energy minutes. Try to be a little bit more of a disruptive force. So I'm avoiding him at 7300, though uh, he's definitely still in play. Doesn't need all that much to be able to get himself in to play. But going back to the Jay Crowder situation, and this is something I had alluded to even when we spoke in the first series as well against the Pelicans, that Jay Crowder, as the games get more intense, more competitive, and need more of that fire, he's going to start getting more involved. And we've seen that throughout this series. His his DK points have been going up every single game 27 in the first one 33 in the second all the way up to 40 in game three now i don't expect that to be a trend that continues however i do think he will get more than enough usage and minutes to be able to pay off any price that's going somewhere near the 6,000 mark so at 5400 given that dual eligibility he's definitely in play for me and between that uh, mid-range area of uh, michael bridges uh, jay crowder cam johnson He's definitely the guy of the three that I prefer having the most just because of his capability to be able to get hot like that and just be more involved in more different ways to be able to get a stat line to the area that you want. Moving on to Dallas, and this is where it's even more secure as far as knowing exactly where things are going to come from. And given the prices that we're going to be speaking about today, I wager that Pretty much every lineup today, for good reason, will have a Luka Doncic because you'll have the room to be able to go ahead and get him. And just given the fact that he's playing as well as he is It's just going to be an absolute no brainer. His price has actually gone down to 11,000 from the 11,600 peak that it was in the last game. But given he hasn't had a game less than 52 DK points up until now, dropped nearly 60 in the last one, had got 75 all the way in the first one, I don't think it's much of a call to say that in terms of raw DK points, both upside as well as most likely actual DK points. He is going to be the highest on the night, and you need as much of that as possible because in the end, we know the bench guy is going to be the one that really changes things around. So you want to secure your risk and take that free square where it is, and Luka Doncic is definitely that. On the same note, Jalen Brunson, who is sitting at 6,600, coming off a gem at 42.5 in the last game, in general, has been doing well in the home games in the series in comparison to the away ones where he's averaging about 10 DK points more in that. So even though at 6.600 as a secondary option, not necessarily the sexiest price for him, but he, as he showed in the last game where he dropped 42 DK points, He has that capability given the fact that he's going to be getting that many field goal attempts. Got all the way up to 21 in that last game and really was just an absolute menace on the inside. They just had very very little uh, success trying to stop him from getting to his spot. His steps, uh, his step back, his side steps were working very very well especially in that mid-range and I'd expect that Dallas seeing how successful that was are going to try and keep going back to that until Phoenix can show that they can successfully defend that on any sort of a consistent basis beyond that haven't really been all that interested in the mid-range pieces as far as dallas are concerned just given the fact that uh, we just don't see that level of consistency from them nor do they often get the ancillary stats that you're potentially hoping for although between finney smith dinwiddie and reggie bullock i have been finding myself taking a little bit of reggie bullock just because of the fact that they need that shooting so so badly and it's been shown In the three games so far where he's averaging nearly eight three-point attempts a game and has been finding his stroke more consistently in the last two as well, hitting four of eight and four of ten, respectively, in those games, getting himself 25 and 31 DK points, which, while it's not going to set the world on fire, at 5,200, he gives you that upside to be able to get to that near 30-point mark. And that's very much the same situation with Finney Smith as well, who... I did put up 11 three-point attempts in that last game, which is definitely encouraging. And he's very much in that same Jay Crowder kind of mold, where as the games get a little bit tighter, as they need him to get a little grimier, more intense on the defensive end, he's going to get more involved as well. So he gets that same kind of recommendation as Crowder does to me, though Crowder is probably the better pick between the two. But they both have that dual forward eligibility, and I wouldn't be surprised if you go ahead and get them both slotted in to your lineup. And then finally, and this is where that little bit of a uh, throw out there in terms of who could potentially turn a matchup, that is a Maxi Kleba, who did that for 4,400, dropped 31 DK points last game, and we're seeing him become kind of that de facto center power forward for them in that bid to try and neutralize a DeAndre Ayton on the other side. And really, Maxi Kleba, who had been... uh, inconsistent throughout the season and really hadn't been seeing the kind of minutes that uh, we would have otherwise hoped for as far as his uh, performances are concerned is getting himself back into kind of that normalcy Dwight Powell who played more minutes in that first round is pretty much out of the rotation at this point specifically for that DeAndre Ayton situation instead it's been Kleba who's been getting close to 30 minutes now and at his current price tag at 4900 He's probably one of those guys that I'd be potentially looking at as one of those slots where you're hoping that he can again drop you somewhere near 30 and you'd be feeling pretty good about that. Moving on though to the second game and final game of this slate, it is the Miami Heat taking on the Philadelphia 76ers. And as far as this game is concerned, we're looking at a 207.5 game total with the Philadelphia 76ers favored to win by two, which is a little bit of a change for what we had last game when uh, they were not favored to win, but then we saw Joel Embiid come back. And despite not looking anywhere near 100% as far as his conditioning is concerned and his legs are concerned, he was still able to put up a great effort as the 76ers were able to get themselves back into the series very badly needed win for them. And they're going to be looking to capitalize on that here. As far as Miami's concerned, this is where there is a lot of concern with questionable just being all over the place as far as their lineup is concerned. You've got seven major pieces as far as the rotation is concerned, all listed as questionable. That's Tyler Hero, Kyle Lowry, Max Struess, P.J. Tucker, Gabe Vincent, Caleb Martin, Dwayne Dedman. Now, all of them are at kind of different levels of What that questionable actually means because it seems like it's been thrown out there. But uh, Kyle Lowry, for instance, uh, he does seem to be dealing with an actual hamstring problem, only played about 25 minutes in the first game and did not end up coming back. So we'll see if he is able to feel good enough to play. On the other hand, Tyler Hero, whose ankle has been uh, listed questionable a number of times in the last couple of games now, but he continues to play and play through it. I would expect him to be out there, but of course, we'll get to see what the lock says struce as well, hamstring issue has been questionable, has played through it. PJ Tucker, I would be incredibly surprised if he doesn't play because really he's just, just going to play out there with whatever injuries. He's one of those tough guys who just gets through it. So that's where I'll uh, definitely be looking into more I mean, more closely when we get closer to the lineup. But with these price tags being as enticing as they are, definitely these questionable ones could be something to take an advantage of if uh, we get closer to, uh, closer to lock with those games. Late swaps, see what kind of guys you're trying to see if you can get slotted in. Because as far as Miami's concerned, we know Jimmy Butler at 8,900 is going to be one of those popular plays for good reason. Put up 50 uh, DK points in the last game as well, uh, despite you know a bad loss. For the Heat only putting up 79 points in total, but he put up 33 actual points of that, uh, ended up with 51 or 50.75 DK points there. 22 field goal attempts, got to the free throw line 10 times. So he's just going to continue to be his aggressive self as he tries to will the Heat into a situation where they can close out at home. Uh, Philly, on the other hand, looked Really solid. I expect this to be a tight game all the way through. The Vegas spread uh, shows the same, so both these games are going to be something to watch all the way to the end. But if the Miami Heat are to be successful, it's going to need Jimmy Butler to have a good night. And at 8900 as far as dollar value per potential performance, he's probably somewhere near the top over there. And the fact that you can get guard-like play from a foul forward spot always makes it that much more enticing for me. As far as center is concerned, I'm going to continue on with that train. I mean, Bam Adebayo, who unfortunately had a horrendous game, really, in uh, Game 3, just looked really out of sorts with uh, Embiid coming out there. And really, I think a lot of that was self-inflicted, got himself into some foul trouble with some, I would say, less than ideal plays from a basketball perspective, just not the way he should be reaching and not where he should have been in terms of his positioning. I expect he bounces back. And for his price tag to take that $600 uh, basically drop to 7500 puts me in a pretty good spot where I could definitely see him being one of my favorite uh, center picks. Because as much as we're, we're going to speak about Joel Embiid, on the other hand, I'm not as confident taking him for his price tag. But I am confident doing that with Bam Adebayo. And despite him burning me in the last game, it just makes... Uh, consistent sense to be able to go ahead and take him in there he had solid games throughout against Philly even with that last uh, dud he's still averaging about 36 DK points against them and in away games in general he's had his inconsistencies but against Philly there he has done pretty well in the regular season and he's going to be hoping to get himself back on his regular track there because for Miami's offense to be able to get the looks that they're looking for, and in general, be nearly as effective. He needs to be that guy that they can have as not only an outlet when things are getting tight inside the paint, but for him also to get some of those assists as well, passing out of the post, uh, getting his other teammates involved, just opens up Miami's offense a lot, which was looking really, really stagnant in the last game. So we're going to see some adjustments there, I'm sure, and Spolster is going to be looking to get Bam Adebayo that little bit more involved. Tyler Hero for 6,100 is one of those where you know he can go off. You you know he has the capability to be able to get hot. Did it at home in the first two games where he got nearly uh, 40 DK points in those ones there. But in last game, again, that's the other side of that variance. When a shot is not going, he often does not get the level of ancillary stats. That you would be hoping for to be that little bit more secure as far as his floor is concerned. But again, 6100, cannot fault you for being able to go ahead and take him. Will likely be in a couple of my lineups there, especially because I am a little bit more concerned as to whether Kyle Lowry will actually get on the floor over here. But we'll see what ends up happening. Him, on the other hand, as well, had a scoreless game in the first one. And he just in general, has not been getting the kind of usage that uh, we would otherwise want to see to feel consistent and uh, confident taking him as far as his prices at 5600 is concerned so I'm going to be avoiding him and in general the rest of the uh, bench pieces just not all that interested except for perhaps taking a sprinkling of PJ Tucker if I end up landing on it on my lineup just from the perspective that he's going to be playing those minutes will be out there Uh, will be needed to shoot those corner threes which he only took one attempt of in the last game Definitely want to be bringing that up for them to uh, open up that offense a little bit more. But again, not the most exciting or the most upside filled of uh, players or price tags. <clears throat> Finally, as far as the Philadelphia 76ers are concerned, no major injuries to report over here. Embiid is being listed as questionable, but honestly, there was no uh, setbacks listed for him from the first game. I would be shocked, beyond shocked, if he doesn't end up for this game. But he's definitely, in my mind, going to be there. He's going to be suited up, 9,800 still. At this moment, to me, he's still getting his legs under him. He's there to act more as a decoy for what Philadelphia is doing, more so than just being a full-out force on the inside himself. I think that'll take still a couple more games for him to get uh, back in there, but he's going to be hoping that he can do enough of that for the series to get tied up take the series that little bit longer and allow him to get his legs under him. So at 9,800 I may have a lineup or two with him just to kind of throw him out there in case something happens but I don't expect him to be in a position to really get uh, 5x plus on his price tag and I think that's going to be a little bit of a fade for me. On the other hand James Harden who's 8,500 who himself has yet to have that kind of a game in In this series so far, really just averaging around that mid-30s as far as DK points are concerned, I do think he's in a good position to be able to go ahead and kind of course correct where we're at. There's just so many areas that are down from what we had in the previous series, and in general, I don't think he's played badly. He played a really good first half last game, and then as Tyrese Maxey ended up taking over, he turned into more of a facilitator role. Had a lot of hockey assists, which unfortunately don't show up on the stat line itself, but For him to only be averaging about 7 assists so far in this postseason series, I expect that to go up. The fact that he's sitting at about 38% from the field and only about 20% from three, both of those are areas that really just need him to have that one good game to get himself back on track there. So for this price tag, he's definitely going to be one of my favorite guards to be able to go ahead and take. Uh, Between him and Chris Paul, I think both of those guys are looking at uh, big turnaround games for them, and I expect those are going to be where I spend a lot of my guard money. So we'll see how that ends up happening. Uh, But yeah, James Harden at 8,500, definitely one of my key pieces in play and if you're looking for consistency that's what you're getting with these other mid-range pieces over here so both Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey both of them sitting around that 7,000 mark Uh, I've preferred Tobias just in general throughout this postseason he's just shown himself to be uh, one of the better performers for the 76ers throughout (laughs) He was sitting in that uh, early early to mid 6,000s for a long time. Got himself up to seven. But really, he hasn't had a dud game so far in this postseason. His lowest one has been sitting at about 31 DK points. And he has been consistently able to get into that high 30s to low 40s as far as his performance is concerned. So at 7,000, if you're looking for a guy that you can just lock in there and feel pretty good about being able to get 5x with everything else kind of working out, he's definitely there in play. I may... You know, want to take if I want to take more of a punt on upside, that's when I uh, start looking at you know spending up on a, a Jimmy Butler instead and seeing if I want to uh, maybe save some money on one of these other uh, forwards and guards to be able to make up for that. And if we're looking to save money, then perhaps you want to take another you know Danny Green punch as you did in the last game where he dropped 28 uh, DK points for 4100 seven of nine from three I don't necessarily expect that uh, to be a trend going forward but for him to feel good with his outside shot is pretty important for Philadelphia especially when uh, both Harden and uh, Embiid are clogging up the paint going up and creating all of that magnetism all that gravity to be able to pull defenders through them you're going to need Danny Green to be able to go ahead and take advantage of that so at 4,400 definitely in play and I'd like Uh, him as a side piece more so in general than I like Tyrese Maxey, despite him having the two pretty decent games. My problem with Maxey has always been that uh, ancillary stats. He got up to six dimes in the last game and really, if we've seen uh, in this postseason so far, he's either at that 6 or 8 mark in a game or he'll just draw off completely and be just at that 1 or 2. I just don't feel all that confident with his ancillary his ancillary stats, but if he's shooting as well as he has in the last two games, he's definitely going to be in play. His price going down a little despite having two games where he dropped 43 and 38, definitely still in play. But again, we just talked about so many guard options up until now that won't necessarily be able to fit all of them in with the uh, the different slots that we have but you do have four in terms of uh, point guard shooting guard where you can probably slot in a, um, a James Harden for instance into your shooting guard position uh, have him as your uh, piece over there then your point guards you have that decision to make you have Chris Paul you have Luka Doncic and then perhaps that final piece does go to maxi depending on how things end up working but really it all comes down to your Uh, your build and between him and Brunson, for instance, I do actually like Brunson more than I like a a Tyrese Maxey, both at that same kind of price tag. But again, it all just kind of ends up depending on how your build looks, how much exposure you want to have to each game. Uh, Given how close things are looking and the fact that the Suns and Mavericks game is just slightly above as far as game totals are concerned, I do expect that I'll have maybe one or two more on that game than I have in uh, the Sixers and Heat game. But again, it all kind of depends. You have nine, uh, you have eight players to be able to go ahead and take. Maybe you have a situation where five, three uh, going in favor of the Suns and Mavericks in most of my lineups. But we'll happen to see how your build looks. Finally, we go on to the tier side of things really just looking at who my expensive piece is going to be first and foremost and really this is where you have to weigh it between do I want that highest raw DK points potential which is the Luka Doncic for 11000 or am I looking for that point per dollar capability of being able to do the most for their price and I usually look at that from a recommendation standpoint and that's why Chris Paul at 8100 It's going to be my favorite play as far as the expensive tier is concerned. I said Chris Paul coming off a terrible game, has not had any of those, like, real types of games in a situation where they have lost. And for him to drop 26 DK points, 7 turnovers is something that I don't expect. We'll see again, I expect a big turnaround game for him in general. Get himself back to shooting the percentages and the overall effectiveness that he's had in the first two games here and be in that 40 plus DK point range pretty comfortably yet again. So he's going to be my favorite play as far as the expensive tier is concerned. From the mid-tier perspective, and this is where you have Quite a few options that we spoke about in which you can see that there are you know, upsides. There are capabilities to be that little bit more of a turnaround. And that's really where I go with this as well. Because Bam Adebayo at 7500 I just think is too cheap for how important he needs to be to the Heat offense and the Heat effort in general. If they are to go ahead and get themselves back from that bad game in Game 3, get themselves up 3-1 and hopefully look to close the series out. But for that to happen, Bam's going to have to get back to the form that he was on in the first two games. 51 and 40 DK points there has been one of the most consistent performers throughout this postseason for them, has been averaging In the high 30s as far as dk points are concerned there so 16.75 was an absolute aberration i expect him to get back to normal be that little bit more aggressive looking for his shot but also to be able to make that pass and get more of his teammates involved as well especially in the corners where the heat really need to hit their threes where they struggled mightily in the last game Finally, as far as value tier is concerned, and again, this is where that squeeze ends up happening as we get deeper and deeper into the postseason. It gets harder to be able to find good value consistently, but at $4,900, i am going to say Maxi Kleba is going to be my value pick of the night. His minutes continue to trend up as Dallas goes with that hybrid small ball version of their team of their lineup to try and throw the Phoenix Suns off a little bit it did work pretty well in the last game he found himself pretty open for three in a lot of these uh, stretch situations and for him to shoot six of nine while not having all the greatest ancillary stats is actually probably a pretty good area of correction where he could still keep that 30 DK points and have it not feel like an aberration so for 4900 definitely the guy that I am looking for as far as value is concerned But that is going to be it as far as the major slates are concerned. So let's move right into the Thrive Fantasy side of things. And this, again, is where I get to double down on my bid for Bam Adebayo to have his turnaround game. We're at 28.5 total for him to get over 105 points on points, rebounds, and assists combined. I do expect that we will see him get himself back to normal Uh, all he really needs is a low-end double-double for that to end up happening and a couple of dimes that just go with it It just feels like a pretty good spot to be able to go ahead and take him and I feel the same way about the James Harden 35 and a half as well for his points rebounds and assists that's a pretty solid over for 100 points as well so just a lot of uh, nice little juicy options for you to be able to get in and go ahead and take advantage of that But that, as they say, is going to be that, and we are to the end of our two playoff games today. I hope everyone has been enjoying the postseason so far. All of the games have just been getting hotter and hotter. All these series are alive, which is probably the most exciting part to me, and we're going to have to see what can happen. Can these uh, teams go ahead and tie it up back at home to be able to get this series into a three-game finish? I really am hoping for a couple of game sixes and sevens here, just given how... A lot of these matchups have gone thus far. But as always, you can follow me on Twitter at HAK underscore devil, where you can let me know how you're enjoying the postseason so far, how your lineups have gone, any big moves that you were able to make as you continue to play DFS for probably the last major round. I mean, one game one game slates just become pretty crazy once we get to uh, the conference finals and beyond. But really, enjoy this up until now. And until then, it's going to be Harris signing off and we will see you back on the Monday slate. So until then, take care and let's go ahead and take down some GPPs.